0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Hooks and Hoops podcast with your boy, Alex Fernandez. I am the hostess with the Mostis, and I got a great guest today. I got Becker from Plugs Radio. Uh, we get into the NBA trade deadline. We talk his Wizards, and it just so happened that Wall News came out right before we started recording. We didn't get to touch the Tobias Harris trade because uh, that happened way after. It happened like in the middle of the night uh, this morning. So uh, I'll give you my breakdown on it real quick before we dive into the show. Great for the Sixers. They're going all out right now. Elton Brandon wants to be the executive of the year. Got Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Crazy fourth quarter lineup of uh, Simmons, Reddick, Butler, Tobias, and Embiid. Of course, you got the beast, Bobon Marjanovic in there. Mike Scott to spread the floor a little bit off the bench. Yeah, their bench is a little weak. They got rid of Shamit, Wilson Chandler, and that 2021 unprotected pick to the Clippers. But, hey, they're in a win-now situation. And on the other side, The Clippers are loading up to make a trade, possibly another one. They may flip uh, Beverly or Lou Williams or uh, maybe Montrezl Harrell for some more picks, make a run at Kawhi Leonard, maybe make an offer to New Orleans. It's pretty exciting, this uh, trade deadline time, and I hope the Pelicans come come around at the last second and take the deal from the Lakers. But a part of me wants to see Anthony Davis go back on the court as a Pelican just to see the reaction from the fans. And I know February 23rd, which is, uh, what, three weeks away? Lakers come to town to the Smoothie King Center, and it should be actually my fault. They come Feb- yeah February twenty third, and then a couple of days later they go to the staple Center and they play again at the end of March. So it should be hilarious, and uh, that's pretty much my take right now on what is not covered on the podcast. I am very devastated that Boban is not a Clipper anymore. That was one of the highlights of my life was watching Boban play, especially on local television. Didn't get a chance to interview him or shake his ginormous hand, but it is what it is. Uh, we will cross paths in the future. Folks, once again, thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts and watch, uh, subscribe on YouTube and Instagram because we got some great content dropping. Uh, Let's hit some music and we'll get right into it with Becker. episode number 32 of the hooks and hoops podcast and today we're talking some straight up hoops with my guy becker this guy he's a video editor he's a radio host on 96.7 if you're in the dmv you got to listen to this guy monday's at six o'clock okay he's a boxing manager he's out here on every other show He, he does it all becker
1: welcome to hooks
0: and hoops i'm glad to have you today
1: my man, it's a pleasure being on. Thanks for that extravagant intro.
0: I try to gas uh, up my, I try to gas up my guests a little bit, so they come in with they come in with that fire, Becker. One thing yeah. I ask you though is, how did you get into boxing management and into the fight game before we go dive into the basketball?
1: Uh, so it's kind of something that just fell in my lap. Um, I when I first started like my radio show back when I was at uh, when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, the first like professional. You know, athlete I had on was a boxer, okay. and he just so happened to fight in Tori Nelson's camp. The the boxer I uh, you know I work with, the market with, and manage, um, and so you know we became really close and tight. And then I went you know to a different couple boxing training sessions, and uh, I actually let her uh, give me a few blows to the to the ribs a little bit, and then uh, we got in touch, and you know, I, and then I invited her on the show. And um, she just loved, like, the way I break down, you know, boxing and um, appreciated the way, like, I mark and I gave her different ideas because, you know, some of the people that she had in the past mm-hmm. that was working with her weren't really, like, marketing her to, to what she should be um, recognized for. Okay. And so... It was just kind of something that stumbled upon it. I wasn't even looking at getting into the position or, you know, doing something along those lines, but I'm a firm believer in like, Hey, you take what you can get in in this world and in this industry, especially with us, like being young. Yeah. Um, just, I use it as an experience and, it's been challenging, but it's been it's been it's been great. It's been great and awesome. Now
0: Tori for if I'm not mistaken is what an eleven time world champion or something. She's a mother of two. She just yeah. how does she have time to do all this, man? Tori is a is a is a is a human she's a beast. Freak of nature to be doing all this. Yeah. Shit. That's it's a- I,
1: I still don't know to this day, man. I mean at one point she was working three different jobs, doing professional boxing, raising two kids. Um, and you know, the money in women's boxing isn't the same as men's, Right, right. so it's not like she did these jobs by choice, you know, she was forced to, and you know, she's an extremely like positive person. I've never been around somebody as positive as her. She's just like always upbeat and that like always gave me like a rush of adrenaline every time I was around her. But no, her story is incredible. We actually just finished the piece. I got done, uh, getting a piece done for the Washington Post. It took us over a year and a half to get that story done and against her wishes because she's one of those types that's really private. Sure. And like doesn't like people getting in, you know, digging into her life. But I'm like, listen, you're 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 coming to retirement, you're in your forties, you, you told me you're looking in, in for a you know post retirement gig, whether that be getting into commentating or something along those lines. Right. And it's important for you to let your story be heard because it is amazing and not enough people have heard about it. And that will, you know, Help bring the the world, you know, get like a lens on you and set you up for for po- your post boxing career. So, yeah, she's I, she's something else. I
0: <laughs> I agree with you, Becker. Like boxing, I think what well, in the mid in the mid two thousands, I think was pretty dead, and then HBO came out with twenty four seven, and it completely right. changed everything. Storytelling is is essential in boxing and in in, in sports in general because everybody you have to connect with somebody at the end of the day, right? And if you can find a way to connect right. with a fighter, hey, the more money to you, but Speaking of fighters, man, we got to talk about the Washington Wizards, Becker. The breaking news this morning. Devastating. John Wall ruptures his Achilles. Just walking around his probably beautiful D.C. home. Slips and falls, ruptures his Achilles. Out for 12 months. This is on top of an infection, if I'm not mistaken. An infection on the previous surgery back in January. This is horrible for the Wizards. It's even more horrible for John Wall because he has to wait for that infection and and all that to go down. before we can even get surgery on that ruptured Achilles. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do if you're the Wizards right now. They they're committed to Wall, right? Forty million for the next four years. He's locked in. What do you think the Washington? I know that's. I know, that's it's, it's almost as bad as just as just Austin hearing that. Rivers. Just it's hearing it's almost that. as yeah. bad. But what do the Washington Wizards do right now, Becker? If you're if you're Ernie Grumfeld or Ted Leonosis, what what are you what are you doing right now? Because you're, he's on the shelf until next year's All Star break.
1: Right. I mean, and this just came days after Ted Leonsis came out and said that we're not touching any of the big three that'd be Otto Wall and Beal you know they're staying put right so I mean in this situation he's injury prone he's been like that throughout his career even when he's been healthy he's I think talked a little bit more than he's played Mm. because he'd make these like big bold like predictions saying oh in the past LeBron didn't want to see us in the playoffs and oh, when LeBron left, it's like, oh, it made the East wide open. I'm like, yo, you've never played LeBron in the playoffs. You haven't made the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, it was bad enough when he was healthy. You know what I mean? Because right. they were they were coming out every year saying, for the last, like, three, four years, saying, oh, we're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. So you add this on top of, uh, of that, and I just I don't know what the owner is going to do at this point because he had ample opportunities to make this uh, thing happen. He came there was a report saying that uh, the Wizards had been shopping or made Beal and Wall available. I uh, think at the beginning of the season when they when they were struggling, when they were under right. like ten games under 500 with Wall in the lineup. Right. So I mean, at this point, I don't know who wants to take on that contract with a ball dominant point guard who can't shoot. Great right. player nonetheless. I want to give him his props. He has improved a lot from the day he came into the league to now. He's always among the league leader in assists, but it's just like fit and and. Just the chemistry between him and Beal hasn't been there. Yeah. And now you couple this injury, I think you're just stuck with them, and you just have to ride this this contract out because, like you said, I mean, who wants to pay forty million for a guy that might not even play for you or be the same? Because we know, like Achilles, like tough. It, I don't know. Especially for so they're stuck.
0: Especially for a player who relies on explosiveness as much as John Wall does to, to deal right. with that injury, it's brutal. I mean, you got to look at both sides of the coin. Is it is it Team Bradley Beal? Or or is it time to free Bradley Beal? Is it time to is it time to flip Otto Porter and get rid of that twenty five million dollar year contract? Is it time to get something from Morris? You know, it's 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 really you got forty eight hours, right? Is it mm-hmm. time to get rid of Ariza because that's basically why you bought Ariza and you made that trade with Phoenix is to make a run and you just dump everything out and go after Morant or try to get a top pick,
1: All right. for the
0: Wizards. It's it's really a, a tough situation because I love I personally love Beal. Running everything mm-hmm. for you, I think the I think the t- the offense flows better. It Looks like the the players like to play with him when he's just ball dominant Harden style. It right. should be Team Beal, but if you're locked in with Porter and then you got you know uh, Wall, you got to make a
1: move, right, Becker? There's no flexibility, man. Right. I mean, who wants who wants to take on? A, you said it yourself. Otto Porter is getting a max deal, max money for a role. He's a role player, right? Who wants to pay that? You should have just let Brooklyn take him when he offered him the that max sheet. And, Bill, I think you said it yourself, I would want to trade him just to free him because he deserves way better than what he's got. And he said it uh, a, little, a little earlier on in the season that he's been dealing with this for years when the reports about, you know, the Wizards management being so-so yeah. and things being like not, you know, the coaches, players and management not being on the same page. So this has been an issue for a while. And I, I don't see any trades that could happen. And they're just cap-struck. It's, I, I don't see anything happening. But, I mean, you, and you got rid of, let's not forget, you know, you got rid of, you know, your, your young players and Kelly Oubre Jr., who I yeah. thought would be a staple for this franchise. Right. So it's like how many pieces, what, what pieces are attractive right now and what could you really get in return? Because the guys you really need to let go are your max contract guys. Right. And we just na- noted all the reasons why you can't, you know, trade a guy like Waller or Porter. And in Beale's case, I mean – you're really starting over if you do that. So, they're stuck, man. I hate to say it.
0: Would, <laughs> you be, would you be surprised if any deal went down between now and Thursday? As we record this, we're about 48 hours from the deadline. Do you think? Right, right. Do you think Grunfeld dangles more first-round picks like he usually does, or, or, or you know, tra- move Ariza or any any kind of move to to kind of bottom out a little bit? Because I don't know what position the Wizards are in right now in the playoffs. I don't know if they're on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, uh, they are. I don't, they, I, don't, I don't think they compete with the top four right now, including Indiana with oh, no Depot. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of in purgatory. It'd be cool if they out snagged a top five pick. But, uh, what, mm-hmm. what, I mean, what, what do they do? I mean, you're right. You like Scotty Brooks, right? You think he's a good coach?
1: Uh, I, I like him, but I, I've said in, in years past, even when he was on Oklahoma City with, yeah. with KD and Russ, he, he's a good coach when things are rolling. But, mm-hmm. like, when things get tight – You need that, you know, that pop type of, you know, speech or that Pat Riley type of speech that will just like you get in the like, for example, with John Wall. And I feel like he doesn't get John Wall to get out of his own way. You know what I mean? I feel like he's a coach that's a pushover, you know, and that's not a knock against Scott because I really like him and I really like the job he's done with the Wizards. I think he's done the best he could possibly do with 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 the position he's been put in. But. You know, um, it's tough. I, it's tough. I, I don't know, man. It, it, they're, stuck. They're, they're stuck. They're stuck. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's no they other really way are. to put it. And
0: you know what? There's hard-ass coaches, and then there's, like, super nice player coaches. Scotty Brooks is one right. of those super nice player coaches. Is his end-of-game situational, you know, like after the timeout kind of plays, kind of, eh? Yeah, they are. Yeah. But I mean, he, he, he he's solid for the job he does. Any final thoughts on the Wizards? Because I'm pretty tapped out. I don't really watch a lot of the Eastern Conference because, to me, the Eastern Conference yeah. is going to be – I, I think Milwaukee's going to exit out of the East. I really think they're better than Toronto right now. After Toronto went on that 20 and 4 start to beginning of the year, they've been a 500 mm-hmm. team and their and, and their and their net right. rating shows that. I think Boston is kind of um there's too many players and I don't know where to play him kind of guy. Yeah. I, heard, I heard somebody call uh, Brad Stevens the 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 Butler Vinny Del Negro. I don't know I don't know if that's a I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a
1: <laughs> that's Really? A,
0: I don't know. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great coach, but there's some Boston fans who are already turning on him. Uh, Let me ask you real quick about the Kyrie situation since that's the same division and all that. Do you think Kyrie Irving is out of here? Because this man had his beautiful fro in front of the season ticket holders. He was like, I'm here if y'all have me. I love the city of Boston. My man shaved his head, got another tattoo, drew some more triangles, turned into into a heel, bad guy wrestler. He's like, fuck everybody. I don't know know anybody. (laughs) Shit. Becker, Is Kyrie Irving already got his residence in New York City? Is he already planning his commute from his beautiful apartment in Manhattan?
1: I think he's on the phone with KD as we speak. I I think it's happening. I'm a firm believer. I've been reading all the tea leaves up until this point. The only thing I needed the Knicks to do was to free up that second max slot, and they did that. I think he's as good as gone because, as you mentioned, I was one of those guys coming into the season that I picked Boston to honestly beat Golden State in the finals. You know, coming into it, I was like, man, if you incorporate these pieces and they actually fit in properly the way we all expected them to be, I thought they'd be a you know tough challenge, especially if they could have gone away to figure it out to get home court if they were to get to the finals. Right. But, I mean, if, if you're looking at a situation, you know, you talked about it with Boston, they're no guarantee to make the finals at this point. I mean, if you're Kyrie and you've seen how this season has played out, and, the, and the, the different things that's been going on behind the scenes, whether the, lead, the young players are calling you out or they're not listening to you as a leader right. or some things like that, I, I don't know if he wants to stay there. And I think the biggest indication to me that I think he's gone was that phone call to LeBron. And it's not for the reasons that I think a lot of people are, or maybe somebody else is thinking about. It's, it just gave me the indication that after that phone call that Kyrie is willing to share the spotlight again. You know, that yeah. was the main reason he left Cleveland. It's like, I don't want to do this with you, LeBron. I'm going to prove that I can lead I'm a team Robin to a championship. Here. Right, right. So I think he's looking at the Boston situation. He's like, okay, this isn't going to as well as I thought. If they don't make the finals, he's going to look at a KD who's kind of like a, on a similar platform like LeBron, who would be the guy who would probably get the most shine sure. if he played with them. And I think he'd just be okay with doing that after that call to LeBron and, you know, them being in the Mecca and re- resurrecting that, that place, especially – I, I I think he's as good as gone. That's just my opinion, though.
0: I I I think Duran is already set in New York. And yeah. I think Kyrie's going to go there as well because Kyrie realized he was that young dickhead in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. And now once he realized he was the leader in Boston, he's like, oh my god, was I kind of a young dickhead? Uh, like, was yeah. I, was I this same person a couple seasons ago? And he realized that. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a diehard Laker fan. And I don't really think Kyrie's gonna come west, although the, you know LA radio stations they gotta fill three hours of radio every day. Right, They're right. Talking about the scenarios for Kyrie Irving, I him in New York makes sense, although he grew up in New Jersey. It's the mecca, right? And he's already won a ring, which is the biggest thing. Is he, he got nothing to prove, right? You can go and live your life and choose what you want to do on this on this max extension. And on the other side, Durant, yeah, he has the Finals MVPs, yeah, he has the championships. He may hear some whispers that, oh, you might as well leave. Those are asterisks on those titles, kind of thing. You couldn't do it on your own. Maybe he's like, right. "F it," right? Another yeah. part of me, which is in my in my opinion, is no matter what he does, and you know this because he's opened up the Durant Center. He's opened up multiple schools in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the area, the DMV area, right? Mm-hmm. But what does ESPN talk about? They talk about how LeBron is forcing this, how LeBron missing games affects Vegas, how LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. He goes to New York City. He has no problem getting what he wants out there to the media. He's got no problem producing the TV shows and getting his agenda, his what he wants out there to the media. In Golden State, right. he's kind of just chilling in the pocket. He's under Steph's shadow a little bit. He's under the Dynasty shadow a little bit. He goes to New York. They make something big happen. They got Fizdale, Scott Perry. The GM was the one who drafted Kevin Durant in Seattle. And people, don't, people forget how big that is, Becker. What were you gonna say?
1: I that those that was one of the tea leaves for me. That, and the fact that they're still really good friends. Yes. His business manager is from New York. St. John's. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's all, and then he's talking about Kevin Knox, like, th- this year. Like, he's the second coming of, like, Kevin Garnett or well, something. i not only I'm that, like, dog. Not only that, Alonzo Trier. He's out here gassing up Alonzo yeah. Trier as
0: well.
1: I'm like, dude, like, you can't make it any more obvious. And then he's on a podcast. I don't know if you saw his, his interview with Chris Haynes from from Yahoo Sports. Um. He was talking about, like, the main things I'm looking at from now on is, one, I'm not going to be accepting anything less than the max. Right. And I think – I don't know if Golden State is going to be willing to give him the full max. Right. And in that situation, they'll probably give it to, to a guy like like Clay Thompson. And on top of that, he kept talking about in-depth about his his desire to want to, like, build his brand. And, and he went in-depth about that. He went on for 20, 30 minutes talking about his brand. And I'm just – I'm connecting all the dots together, things we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he's talking about his brand. What better way to do that than, than New York? That's probably the best place to do that with your biz- business manager brand, New York, being from New York. Yeah. It's like – it's all like set up to me, and he's not doing I – th- I just don't think he's doing a good job of hiding it.
0: No, I think everybody knows it. That. That's why Draymond Green called him out a little bit on that long time ago on the club. Like they know he's going to leave. They know he came here and rode the wagon for a little bit, and – Rich Rich and his partner Rich and Katie have a new show coming up called the boardroom is where they're yeah. doing like venture capital stuff or whatever the last time we saw a friend slash agent and a star NBA player do that it was LeBron and Rich Paul and that and that was right before a big big move building the hype up and building getting that train flown before the actual offseason I expect a huge documentary like Katie's offseason it kind of happened uh, a couple years ago when he was not a free agent he was All just right. like recovering from his foot injury. I'm expecting another one of those kind of shows with HBO, something like that. Look, he's got great investments in Silicon Valley, right? He, those are going to stay. He's already 10 x to an investment. I forgot the company. He's already 10 x on his investment over there. Uh-huh. New York City. There's nobody in the East right now to watch, Becker. Really, if you think about it, yeah, Giannis is great. Kawhi is great, right? But who is the guy? Like, LeBron brought in the ratings in the Eastern Conference. Kevin Durant is going to drive ratings in the Eastern Conference. doesn't matter what day of the week. His games are going to be prime time no matter what with him and Kyrie. The other hand, it's the New York Knicks. They, they may find a way to mess this up. 2010, yeah. LeBron was coming. They, they they maxed out Amari Stoudemire, right? This season, yeah. it's either KD, AD, and uh, and Kyrie, but they may end up with Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker. Like, it, it's possible that the Knicks can fuck this up some way, somehow.
1: I'll explain why it might be a little bit different, though. You know, you talked about that Amari situation. And if you remember back then in 2010, the rumor was LeBron. To New York, Right. He had the and hat then,
0: in New York at Yankee Stadium. He did his whole thing.
1: Right. And then it became LeBron and D-Wade. And then it was like, oh, we settled for Amari. But I think the difference was they only had room for one max player. Mm. And it wound up not being LeBron, so it became Amari. And in this situation, I am such a believer at this point in, in Scott Perry and Steve Mills no. because they have pulled off like Houdini could not pull off the moves that they pulled off. With Noah, with getting Tim Hardaway's contract off the books, Courtney Lee's contract yeah. off the books, I mean, getting these guys, getting picks in return from Dallas, I mean, that's the thing that might entice, like, a guy, maybe, I don't know, if, if they, the Pelicans stretch this Anthony Davis thing all to the summer, maybe you land the number one pick, maybe you use that to try to get AD. So maybe they don't land the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, like a lot of us expect to, but the fact that they're putting themselves in position to have options like this and versatility is something we've ne- we haven't we have seen from them, I think, in the last 20, 20 years or so, man, so I gotta give them credit, and I just think the management there is unlike any management we've ever seen in that organization. So, again, if they don't land, the big guys, if they settle for, like, a Jimmy and a Kemba, then, hey, it's all for nothing, but the fact you're in this position gives me, like, hope that it will happen.
0: Look, Scott Perry is a real one, man. A lot of people say that he doesn't yeah. play any games. He's a, a straight-down-the-arrow guy. I mean, what he did with Porzingis, it was kind yeah. of funny because, look, not even the mob gets those gets those deals done that quick, okay? I feel <laughs> like that deal was has been done for about a couple right. of days. They brought Porzingis in, and he was like, you don't want to really be here, right, Porzingis? He's like, ah! okay cool great cool cool cool. yeah yeah cool 45 minutes later becker this man was already yeah. on the plane to dallas like th- that's a crazy move as you said 76 million dollars in cap space because they got rid of Har- a hardaway they got rid of lee they had to get rid of porzingis but they weren't going to max out porzingis because if you max out porzingis you can't get one of the one of the big names in free agency and i'm going to give scott perry even more credit i think he's on another dementia right now becker he brought back deandre jordan who is yeah. one of Kevin Durant's best friends in the league, right? Good point. You know, Great people point. are saying he's going to get bought out. He can help you win games. I don't know about all that because if they keep DJ around, that's that's another Doesn't voice he, in Durant's he
1: ear. He's got he got, got options this summer, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah,
0: and he'll probably pick that up or he'll decline it and get an, uh, like a more friendly deal because, look, if you put that team together of Kyrie, I'm going to say Zion because I think they're going to get the frozen envelope this year, Kyrie, Zion, and Durant, the frozen ping-pong balls, rather, and then you put DeAndre Jordan in there, who's a defensive rebounder guy. That's the kind of guy they need in New York
1: if you're going to build that kind of right. team. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's you're making the finals at that point. Yeah. Scary. And, and, let me say something about Porzingis, all right? Let me hear it. Let me
0: hear it. Because this guy doesn't get a lot of – his brother's all up in his business, right? No, nobody really talks about him like like um, Kawhi's uncle, right? Like, this guy, Janice Porzingis, is running shit, and we don't even know it.
1: Yeah. um, But this guy, like, I get – you're a good player. You know, Phil Jackson found you. But who the heck do you think you are? Like, in all honesty, like, who? what have you done in this league? You haven't made an all-star game. You haven't proven you can lead a team anywhere. And the fact that he's talking to the Knicks, like, hey, I kind of want to be here. I kind of don't want to be here. Like, he just seems like a spoiled brat to me. Because I look at it like, okay, maybe the Knicks, maybe you didn't like the way Phil Jackson treated you. You know, you didn't come to your exit interview. But was he then, right?
0: like hindsight tw- is was Phil Jackson right to kind of dump him like trying to trade him for like three picks and, and possibly Tatum and Dude, all this other stuff. I mean, you're still on your
1: rookie deal. Like, who are you? Like, this is the thing about this whole like player power league yeah. we have. I love it in theory. Like, you know, because we know that, you know, teams or owners in the past don't give a bleep about trading or get, or getting rid of uh, players without telling them. That's I the latest example. Thomas. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm all for it. But at, it's become to a point where even players who have not really done anything feel like they're the man and they deserve it all. So I'm like, "KP, like I am ultimately it worked out for the best cuz I think him and um him and Doncic are going to be great together for the next 10-15 years yeah. or so." But it's like, "Dude, like you're really throwing people under the bus and it's like, yo, if you really like looking back in history of all players 7 foot 3 or taller that have come back from the Achilles, it's one thing for a guy like DeMarcus to come back, but, yeah, I realized, Porzingis is like three, four inches taller than the man. Right. So, and he's already skinny and lengthy, and the the dicks I think, got the better end of the deal, but it's just like, oh, man, Porzingis need to, to chill out. Everyone thought, like, he was the personality for New York. Right. He said, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker. What was he raised in Latvia? And he's Latvia. like, Latvia streets were kind of, like, similar to New York streets, and I'm like, okay, this guy seems like he's a fit. He's bought into the culture when nobody else was willing to. Right. And then he winds up coming back and doing this, I mean, still on a rookie contract. Right. Like that's my point. I'm like, if if you're like a five, six, seven year vet who's made a few All Star teams, maybe. But right now, I'm like, yo, it's the opposite. Just get dude. out of here. It's the opposite
0: because yeah. usually the European dudes, the international dudes, are really humble. Like you look at Giannis right. and Luca and, and B, like these guys don't really do all that stuff. And then for Dallas, they kind of they they gave him all the future, right? Because they gave Tra- they gave the pick for Trey Young to Atlanta. They gave away two mm-hmm. more picks for Porzingis. They're just going all in with this and hoping to send another free agent. I have a feeling that Mark Cuban wants to do this all white uh, Dallas Mag of Ricks like the Make America Great Great Team. He's gonna get rid of uh, he's gonna get rid of uh, Harrison Barnes and get Goran Dragic. That way, Dragic and Doncic are in the backcourt. He'll probably get Bajilka from from Sacramento. <laughs> it's gonna be a great thing in Dallas right now. Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle are doing. But I want to get your opinion on Dennis Smith Jr. because now he has a, a, another fresh start. He's super talented. Fisdale says he's gonna, you know, play him and do all this other stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, Frank Nilakina's there, Emmanuel is there. You got Alonzo Trier there. Like, is Dennis Smith Jr. gonna be stuck on the bench again? In your opinion?
1: I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: they should have drafted him in the first place. Right. So that adds, honestly, to the Scott Perry and, and Steve Mills uh, stock. They just get more points for me mm-hmm. because you were able to – I mean you talk about the ultimate redemption story. And you got rid of a guy in, in Tim Hardaway Jr. who you drafted in the first place, got rid of, and then overpaid because I don't think anybody was going to pay him that much. No. You know, you could have gotten him back for way less I feel like. So it's like they're like – they pulled off magic moves right now. And with Dennis Smith Jr., I just think the Knicks fans will embrace him. I, I don't know. Again, it's a loaded backcourt. I don't think Frank Nidikini is the answer. I don't think he's shown you enough up until this point to say, oh, he's better than a guy like like Dennis Smith Jr. or right. he's going to get more minutes than him. Um, so I think he'll get minutes. And I think this is really just a, um, a tryout session from now until the end of the season to see uh, – uh who's who's got who, who could fit in I think they're gonna do something similar to what I think the Lakers did mm. um with their young players seeing who's worth being part of this LeBron era for the next few years and it sure. turns out it might not be any of them <laughs> but I think the Knicks are gonna do something similar especially if they get a guy in Katie or Kyrie to come like who else who could be like serviceable role players with them and he's on a rookie contract yeah. so you know he, that's they're in a great situation, man. So Dennis McJr. I'm pulling for him, man, because he really is a great talent. I loved him at NC State. Um, I thought he was a dog there. I remember, did, I remember what he did. I remember what he did. Duke, yeah, and he, and he brought that right into the league. I mean, LeBron called him uh, one of the best players in the draft. So I'm pulling for him, man. We'll see what's up.
0: Speaking of LeBron Becker, let's shift our oh. attention back. The no, you can talk hoops without this guy. LeBron Jesus. runs, yo, you can't no morning show, no show can if there's no LeBron talk, you ain't listening. LeBron James <laughs> and and the and the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, this is dominating the, the headlines of the last ten days, right? The trade deadline's coming up. Basically, Rich Paul put in the put in the message. He told AD public trade demand, we want out of here. Basically, your list is the Lakers. I know they said the Bucks and the Clippers. And stuff. But I think that's for show because they know those teams don't have the pieces to make the trade, and it looks—it doesn't make—it looks AD look good. Oh yeah, I'd go to a small market. Oh yeah, I'd go to another team besides LeBron. Look, LeBron is the, the Lakers are the list. LeBron is offering Godfather offers, man. LeBron loves the Godfather. He's offering Godfather offers here, and they keep saying no. They're like the—I don't get it. Like they—they—they—they—they get—they they, 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 they give Dell Demps what he wants, and he wants more. He gives Dell Demps what he wants, and they want more. Dell Demps is just super butt hurt. Everybody's telling him not to trade him. I think that's collusion. If, you're, if other GMs are saying don't trade him to LA, you know what, what's the deal here? Do you think this trade gets done? Do you think they hold Anthony Davis out in the rest of the year? Because now you got to give an excuse to okay, now we're holding out a top five guy who's not playing in the NBA. Then now you're affecting attendance, money, TV. It's it's there's more to it. I want to get your thoughts. Does this deal get done? Does Anthony Davis go to the Lakers, or or does the Knicks somehow pull this off, come back at the end and give you Zion Nilakina? And those picks from Dallas and somehow make it happen because they said no to Porzingis. Becker, take it away.
1: Dude, I think he's as good as gone, man. I mean, uh, he's as good as gone. Like, this has to happen at this point. I mean, Magic Johnson will not allow this to linger on into the summer because, listen, they were already not going to be in position to win a championship this year. No. Okay, so it's no different if you get rid of, if you bleed your entire roster to get this guy on the team. And now it's reported that, the what was it, the Pelicans are asking for four first round picks on top yeah, of that yeah, second round picks yeah, on top want of like their 14 yeah fourteen
0: players in total basically for for Anthony right, Davis right right I would do it
1: listen this isn't like people want to r- uh, relate this to the, the the Brooklyn uh Boston trade when they when they traded for like uh, KG and Paul Pierce and they gave you all their all those picks and Boston is still reaping the benefits from that to this day they still got picks from right. um even upcoming in this draft. But I'm looking at it like Paul Pierce and KG towards the end of their careers. Anthony Davis is twenty-five years old. Like he's not even in his prime. Right. You do get the player, and then the rest of the players will fall. Like we like in years past, like the big three in Miami, the big three in in Boston, guys with veterans would come for the veterans minimum. They would take less money. David West did that just a couple years ago when he could have made. Like 10 to 12 million more in Indiana going to the Warriors. So, like, we've seen this in years past. I just feel like you need those main guys at this point. And just, I just, I'm just looking at Anthony Davis's age. I'm like, why would you not give up everything? You'll fill up the team this year with G League or D League players. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you'll find a way. I think LeBron and, and AD will find a way to get that team to the Western Conference Finals because I, I don't know what, who else in the West is going to you know, challenge them at this point. I love Oklahoma City and their defense, but you never know. Yeah. And it's LeBron, so he can take anyone um, as far as they could go. So I think at this point, Lakers, you don't risk the opportunity of not getting him. And I think LeBron James and Rich Paul know that. That's why they planned this thing from the beginning of the year. Yeah. They knew this was going to happen. Once I think he signed
0: that, with Clutch Sports and he bought a $7 million house in the L.A. area, I was like, oh, this is automatic right here.
1: This is done. So I think this gets done by, by the trade deadline, and it's going to be a deal that you look at that's going to set up the Pelicans for years to come. And I think it's going to be a deal that benefits both teams in all honesty.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man, because Anthony Davis is going to be there post-LeBron era. And post-LeBron era, he's only going to be 29 years old. Like what Right. If, you you got to do it. You got to make this work. People will come and play for the Lakers.
1: Rich Paul is putting the, the note out there to all teams that, yo, know, if you get an AD, it's only going to be rental. Like, he's really coming to – let's be honest. You said it yourself. The Bucks and, and, and Clippers thing, that was just for show. Right. That was just to turn off the rest of the team. But – you think about it, the Pelicans are asking for four first round picks from the Lakers. Right. That because and I think the Lakers are gonna be willing to do that because they're a team that Anthony Davis are gonna resign for. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Pelicans, what other team is gonna give you four first round picks and young players and whatever else you want for a guy who may or may not resign that? I mean, I'm looking at Boston myself. I'm like, do you really like believe that Danny Ainge is gonna give you four or five the biggest first
0: round picks? He's never done a deal that benefited you. Every year he always robs from you.
1: Right. It's crazy. Right. So, I mean, I, I just think it's going to happen because I think the, the Lakers are the only team or who, who will be willing to give up that many draft picks at this point. Because there, there's not enough of a commitment from AD or a willingness to play anywhere else from many other teams that have picks. Like even the other teams on, on his list, the Knicks, the Clippers, the, the Bucks, yeah. they don't have the picks that the Lakers have to give them. So, I mean – I'll tell yeah, you this what. is this is happening.
0: Yeah, I thought it was done yesterday because two people who I follow really closely who don't have the blue check marks but really know people in the in the NBA, they said it was a done deal. This is all just semantics. This is all just so Dell Dems doesn't look like he got fleeced, and this is like really gonna happen by Wednesday at noon or whatever. My guy, LeVar Ball, came out here, and I think he blew everything up. I think they had a trade set, I think it was all ready to go, and then this guy knew what the deal was. Because they pro- he he he's there he hears the tea leaves he hears from camps yeah. he knew that, lo- that New Orleans wants Lonzo they want they want him to sell tickets and he, they really think he's going to get the motor going but now I want to go to Phoenix and blah 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 this and blah 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 that right they had Phoenix included in a three team deal never forget James Jones is the GM of the Phoenix Suns LeBron's boy right however it was not an, I guess Josh Jackson was going to go to New Orleans or one of those things something like that. New Orleans wasn't happy with it, which included the picks, whatever. So, LeVar, I kind of don't like you right now because you're messing up the trade. You're messing up the value. And, and your son, like, your son doesn't deserve all this heat because he basically has to has to cash all these checks that LeVar's writing. Do I want Lonzo and Phoenix? Yeah, that's a great fit. You put Lonzo with Booker and Ayton. It's a great thing. But now the Lakers are scrambling. Now they got to find a, hopefully find a third team because maybe Orlando gets in to fill up those picks. You know what I mean? Be what? Right. Lonzo in new orleans it seems like it's not going to work right now they've threatened supposedly to sit out games this is not the nfl why are, you can't be sitting out games and stuff i hope it gets done
1: dude i, hope, I just saw breaking I hope, news I, I, I,
0: I like lonzo i wish he stayed to be a laker becker but it's you know what he's never gonna flourish with lebron there it's kind of yeah. like the same thing right he's gonna hit a he's gonna hit a plateau do you think the third team gets involved do you think last minute Dell Demps comes to the table and is like you know what Fuck it. Let's make it happen. I feel like Ainge is going to pull Tatum out of the deal in the summer. Because, I don't know. It's all listen, Everything sits on the Lonzo, Phoenix, James Jones, Josh Jackson situation right now.
1: Listen, I just saw a breaking news tab right now saying that the Lakers are out because of the outrageous offer. I don't know if you got that same alert. I just got it right now. I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, my God. As we are speaking, speaking, that thing came out. Oh, here so, it
0: is. Yeah, I just got it right yeah, here. It's too
1: messy. Yeah, because of the outrageous offer or whatnot. I mean, I – Listen, I don't know. There's still time,
0: though, Becker. Yeah, there's
1: still time. There's still time, yeah, because at first the, the Del, they were saying that Dell Demps wasn't even going to call him. Right. And then they wound up talking to him intensely. And then they wound up having, you know, a few deals in place. I think what pissed me off, I think what pissed Dell Demps off was the low ball offer that they offered the first time around. It was like they only had like well, – what were they throwing in? Like Lonzo? And, Ingram, and, Ingram, and some old, no, but I think the first offer wasn't even them. It was like, it was Ray John, like the Rando veterans and Lance yeah. and
0: two picks. Cause like it's negotiation though. Magic Johnson owns fat burgers and Starbucks and 24 hour fitness. I think he knows a lot about negotiation, So he was trying to start super right. low and work your way
1: up. And Dell Devs was like, fuck that. You got to give me the farm yeah. and the land. I think if he would have done that at first, I think this would have happened because I think it would have gave them, gave him less time to, to think about it. Now, right. I don't know. This thing keeps changing every hour, so I don't. I don't really know. You got Shams
0: Woj, You got all, listen, these, all these dudes who are coming in and out of the woodwork with their sources, so we don't even yeah. you know. It's crazy.
1: I don't. I, but listen, I don't think Lavar Levo- is a strong enough presence at this point to make that thing go shift left. I just think like he's become. It's like man, like let your son be a man, Jesus man. It's like I get it when he's in college. You know, you kind of talked his way into becoming a Laker, which is great. I give you credit for that. You kind of spoke it into existence. But now he's trying to speak this into existence when he doesn't have the control or power, kind of pulling a a Rich Paul, AD, LeBron, you know, thing in the summer and kind of like in reverse when it comes to Lonzo. But I just don't think he's he has like Lonzo Ball is enough of an attractive player to make um, a trade like this either go through or not go through or have to get a third team involved like maybe they have to get a third team involved regardless right because you know the Pelicans again want comp- a lot of compensation in return. So I mean, but I, I don't know how much of ball, you know, has any power in, in this situation. Because I think Magic, 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 Magic will, will shut that up quick. I, feel I mean, like. he
0: did. Lavar was quiet for yeah. a long, long time, and then that's he, what I'm saying. He controlled yeah. himself. I don't know what happened. Maybe their non-disclosure broke. Maybe the payment, the monthly payments for shutting up stopped. Who knows? Right. But now, now we got to focus on this fallout because yeah. now Anthony Davis is going to have to play again. He's clear to practice. He, this is going to be awkward as hell. The crowd is going to boom every night. You already had people with fire damps uh trade ad whatever shirts and this is crazy i mean the the best game is going to be march 31st is when the the lakers visit the pelicans that is going to be absolute comedy especially when i think the pelicans go back one more time to to la too so it's just it's going to be a total shit show and i'm here for it becker let's focus on other trades that could possibly happen okay nba tread a trade line is coming up i wanted to see mike conley in utah Right, you get rid of Rubio in favor, send him back to Memphis, and you put Mitchell and Conley for the next three years. Going to be banging, right. but I think Memphis is kind of be lazy. They just want to package those guys and keep it moving, right, and keep it together. You got, right. you got the Pelicans now on the other side. They're probably going to get rid of Randall They're probably going to get rid of Miritich. You got Bobby Portis in Chicago. There's a lot of players that can make it. Trevor Ariza. There's a lot of guys that can make a difference. Small moves that could really make a difference right now. Becker, do you see any trade, any good trades going down after this Anthony Davis show? Like, are we gonna get any trades at all? I feel like I'm watching the MLB trade deadline where there's like a thousand scenarios and nothing happens.
1: Right. I, I think I think that's what's gonna turn out to be at this point, because a lot of teams are set. I mean, you talk about that Toronto situation. Toronto has been playing so well this year with or without Kawhi. And I just think that that's a, that's actually a great report. You actually brought up because they're trying everything in their power to try and to entice Kawhi to stay put. And if you bring a guy like Conley and, and Gasol on board without getting rid of a guy in Siakam who I actually think is the second best player on that team. Oh, he's great. Then th- that's a situation you might na- need to look hard in, but I can't get a read for Kawhi, so I don't really know. I mean, he's set out, what, 14, 15 games this year for no reason.
0: I think he's going to the Clippers, personally. I think because the the Clippers already hired two of his boys from San Diego State. They got Lawrence following him every city. And look at this thing, man. If they're going to get rid of DeMar DeRozan one summer and then get rid of Kyle Lowry six months later, like, what does that say? Once again, we talk about the Danny Ainge situation with his players. With this uh, Messiah, I think Messiah dumping two of those stars in less than six months like that, like that's not good player. That's not good player
1: relationships. Right. I, I have a source inside the Raptors. He just told me that, um, that Kyle Lowry has been unhappy ever since Demar left. Like he hasn't been the same emotionally, you know, off the court or whatnot. So that was his best buddy, his yep. best friend. He kind of caught him off guard. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that this is happening. I'm not the biggest believer in Kyle Lowry in the playoffs myself. I love right. him during the regular season as a football, but he, he hasn't proven enough in that aspect. And I think, the Raptors, what they have now is that I think their system is more important than any necessarily any one player mm. because I think they've proven over these last two years that even with Dwayne Casey at the helm that this new, you know, movement system that got rid of the ISO ball right. you know, up until they made the playoffs last year, they kind of got back to that. That's why they got bounced. But, you know, this is more about the system and it's not about – I mean, you've seen the, the record without Kawhi, you know, and they're still as good. I mean, they've lost a few games, but – I think this is more of a system team at this point, right. and I, I don't, I don't know what that says, but man, any big deals going on. But for for Kyle Lowry in this situation, I just think you know that era is over. Oh yeah, in Toronto. So yeah, you could tell in those post- you could tell in
0: those interviews, like when they when they ask him about oh, what do you think about Masai? He's like, eh, I mean, I work here, like a total yeah. like whatever attitude.
1: Yeah, it's and he's and gonna I give it with, to you real. Yeah. I agree
0: with you with the system. I got to give some credit to the Toronto coach because now he's brought back Ibaka's career. Like Ibaka was just like yes. a shot blocker for like the last two seasons, and now he's putting up huge numbers. I, I I commend Toronto for trying to go all in. I hope Milwaukee makes a small move, try to add. I want. I would love to see like a Nikola Mirotic go to Philly or Milwaukee, a three a three a three point shooter who can defend the pick and roll, something like that. Julius they could Randall do some the, shooting. Yeah, Julius Randle of the Warriors would make me like eat a shirt because he'd be like a perfect fit in the Warriors. He like the new most space. It'd be hilarious. Oh, my God. The one guy I want to see traded, though, and I hope you, you agree with me on this, is Blake Griffin. Okay, Blake Griffin is putting up all-star numbers. This guy went from the number one market in the country, in my opinion, L.A., to literally the worst market. He went from L.A. to Detroit, Becker. There's no— Terrible. He went from heaven to hell. Like, you lived in L.A. on the beach, and now you're in the Detroit winters. Like, that is horrific. That is brutal. Hopefully, they move Blake Griffin. I heard he silently kind of said, get me the fuck out of here. But maybe they yeah. want to keep or keep him. They get rid of Drummond, maybe, or they get rid of Reggie Jackson. Is there any? Do you think there's a pathway for the Pistons to make a trade? Or you, you know, I, I know we just said this before. Is there any other small trades that we could see happening besides just like some basic role players and buyouts?
1: I, I would love I would love for Blake Griffin to move. I mean, this coming off of probably their biggest win of the season, you know, blowing out the the, the Denver Nuggets, number two in the West right now, yeah. last night in Denver. Um, so I didn't like that situation from day one. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Dwayne Casey being at the helm would, would kind of help. That. I've kind of heard those rumors, too. That would be a guy I would I would want to move immediately. I think there are teams that are a team I'm really looking at who I think could make a play for Blake Griffin. I've been reading reports about this, this is the Miami Heat.
0: Wow. I think the Heat.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's one thing I've been uh, looking at. Aside from like the Heat being my favorite team, but oh, um, I you yeah, yeah, were a yeah, Wizards yeah. guy, Miami and guy. Okay, no, no, I just cover the Wizards. I cover their games, go to the locker rooms, whatever. Oh, we'll, but do I'm a big Pat we'll do some Heat talk. We'll do Heat talk after. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a situation where it's like the Heat have so many bad contracts. Yes, and, and they want to kind of get out of it. Um, Hassan Whiteside not lived up to expectations. Yeah, what do you
0: think of him, man? I mean, he leads the league right in shot blocks or something. Is he kind of just a stat pad empty stats kind of guy, and he's just there?
1: He's a good player for cheap, but you paid him $98 million or $94 million, Like, come on now. And what pissed me off about that situation was like, you remember a couple years ago when they were in the running to get KD? Yes. And before he went to the Warriors, he had a meeting with Pat Riley. And and at that point, Dwayne Wade was a free agent. This is before he went to Chicago. Right. And reportedly, um, Whiteside was willing to give up, I don't know, $4 million, $5 million of that $98 million right. to make room for a guy like Kevin Durant But Pat Riley and co. weren't willing to do the same for a guy like D. Wade. And I think that's the main reason why that thing soured um, a little bit. So I I just I never liked that deal for him at all as soon as it happened. And I think at this point, if you can get out of that situation and land a guy like Blake Griffin, that would be ideal. And the reason why I, I could see it happening sooner rather than later is because Pat Riley is a win now guy. He's never been about, never, ever been about rebuilding. Trust me, I know he's trying to, he tried to patch up this team. You know, when LeBron left and whatnot, he did a okay job. And in, 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 in maybe not the first year, but the second year after that, they made the playoffs, made a nice run. Right. But um, that, that's a team where I could see Blake Griffin going. I've, I've read enough about that situation where it, it might be a possibility, especially them being a, a borderline like playoff team, they're actually a legitimate playoff team at this point, so right. I would like to see that.
0: I'd like to see Blake Griffin like in Portland. I think like that would be such an, like a Yusuf Nurkic and like an dude. They just got Rodney Hood, man. What a great addition! That was a that's a sleepy pickup right yeah. there. I, I like him a lot. I'm sure Rodney Hood in Cleveland was a disaster. Like, this guy didn't even want to participate in anything, so I'm glad dude, he did.
1: AD in Portland, I would love AD in Portland.
0: I mean, that would be something. Who would you have to give up, the McCollum and Nurkic?
1: That's cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. pair him up with Dane and a pick or two. Look, that guy's a great GM up there. Olshay he's, he's pretty solid, but people forget Neil. I think it's still Neil Olshay. Neil Olshay was the one who drafted Blake Griffin. So I try to make that connection as well. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Miami heat because um, they're kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck right now. I, I don't even know if Drogic is back on the court, but you got like, you got Josh Richardson. You got Tyler Johnson. You just got a whole bunch of guys that they maxed out who, like, I got to give Miami the credit. They max out people's potential. They get those guys in ridiculous shape, and you get every ounce of potential out of all those players. Right. What's up with Gordon Hayward, man? Is he kind of, like, sticking? Is he kind of just, like, there? Is That that may be a more unmovable contract than John Wall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it, it was already going to take him a year to come back from that injury. Sure. So I, I just think they, they tried to rush him in. You know, the connection between Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward going back to Butler, you know, I I just think that they, the situation was was already going to be, they were already going to struggle at first, but now it just seems like, Man, like what do you do with that guy? Because he wasn't really a guy that kind of blew you away with his athleticism. Right. I think he was I, I'm not gonna call him overrated because he was a really good role he was a really good he's player an all-star, and he saw, all-star yeah, in Utah. All yeah. West. He, he's a legitimate all star, yeah. but he's kind of like an uh, like a fifteenth man all star. Like he's the guy at the end of your bench as an all star. Like, That's how I, I look at him like he's right. like a borderline all star to me. But he did a really good Kemba dropped. or Gordon Haywood? Oh, Kemba Walker all okay. day. All, right, all cool. day. Oh yeah. All day I think he's that was so myrated? Cardiac Kemba? Woo! Are you kidding me? Look out! Was my guy. I wanted him to be the number one pick when he entered the draft. I called for that, but uh, it didn't who, happen. who
0: went number one in his draft?
1: I forgot. Look was it Kyrie? A-
0: a- I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. But continue. Continue. Yeah.
1: Um. So, uh, what was I gonna say? Gordon Hayward. Yeah. In hindsight, I'm glad he didn't go to Miami just because of the, that situation, um, going on. But. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Gordon Hayward. I don't know his future in Boston. I think you're stuck with them at this point, and yeah. that kind of hurts their flexibility at this point because they could have used that max slot to maybe you know, entice a guy like AD and say, hey, we'll bring another guy with us, but – now you look at it, like, they might be stuck to – I mean, they could wind up in a situation where they lose Kyrie and an opportunity to get AD. So yeah. Boston, who is kind of like the sexy pick, the sexy team from a year ago, a lot of people thought was going to run the East for years to come. Right. Maybe a team that falls out because I don't know, like, what this Kyrie situation does to Jason Tatum, Psyche, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, you know, guys like, guys like that, guys who kind of led this team. You know, one game away from the finals last right. year, I, I don't know what the situation has done. Because Kyrie is like, is a weird dude, man. Like, he's just a weird dude. He's, yeah, that's, um, what he,
0: that's what people say, right? I'm sure the people Yeah, talk to he's, say, just, he's, 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 a, he's wired a little cat. differently.
1: Yeah, and I feel like he can mess with people's psyche, especially when like he's considered the quote-unquote leader sure. of that team. So, I, I don't know, man. I think that situation in Boston has become, it was quick, man. The, Windows close
0: fast in the NBA, man. You got to pay yeah. at the end of this year. You got to extend Jalen Brown after the next season, right? It's you got to commit money to, to people eventually,
1: right? I think I think what they should do is get find a way to get rid of Gordon, find a way, don't re resign Kyrie, and go back to what you were last year. Just bring back the exact same team you had last year that made that playoff run, and just hope they grow and develop together. Because I think Tatum is a good enough guy to be the best player on your team. So. We'll see.
0: I agree with you. I got I, you tapped my list out, Becker. We added, we, we talked and then some. I got no, I got nothing else in the NBA. Any, anything I'm missing so far? Because not a lot of big trades right now. My wire is pretty clean. I guess AD and Rich Paul cleared it out for now. They're just telling everybody yeah. to chill. That's it for me, Becker. Man, you got anything else you want to talk about? You you nailed all my topics and then some.
1: Ah, yeah, man, I'm all I'm washed up right now. <laughs> I'm all I'm I out of gas. I'm
0: here. I'm just here waiting for more notifications as we speak. But, um, All right. but Becker, before we go, let, I want to plug, let's plug plugs. No pun intended. Let's plug everything. Pun intended. Let's, 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 let's hear where they can find and hear and see more Becker and plugs radio, please.
1: All right. So you can, um, follow us on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at plugs radio. Um, you could also listen to us live. If you're in the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia area on 96.7 FM on Mondays and Wednesdays at 6 PM Eastern time. And or if you don't have that, you can listen to us on the live stream on WRA.FM. Uh, We've got a lot of good things coming, a lot of big guests coming up. So stay tuned for all that.
0: Guys, make sure to download the latest plugs radio. I think you just dropped one today, but uh, you're one with Ashley yeah. Ross was uh, was was an, it was a great listen. You guys are great at interviewing. And I'm sure your next episode is going to have a lot of Wizards coverage and a lot of Wizards scenarios
1: and breakdowns. Oh yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> on to it. I'm going to have a whole sheet ready, man. There's, what's there's what's a lot the of biggest stuff.
0: sport in DC areas? Is it still the skins? Does the, does, oh, by far. They it's dominate. Not
1: even, close. not even close. Wow. But the problem is when it comes to all DC sports and aside from the caps, the away fans dominate, dude. They dominate the arenas and the really? stadiums. it's it, regardless. Yeah, if they're winning or not, it's like I go to the Wizards games, uh-huh. I see more I see more rainbow then I see even the away team. Like, it could be just a, a flock of all different types of teams. Like, I cover the game, so I see them a lot. Sure. And I'm just, like, looking at the stands. I'm like, oh, my God. And the same thing with the Redskins fans, especially when they're doing bad. You see a lot more away fans than, than there is home fans. So, they definitely need to step it up on that then. Yeah, but the Caps ending the curse.
0: That did it. That did it. That did it for y'all. Like, I can't imagine yeah. Washington because Washington plays in the NFC East. So, you know, the Eagles fans and the Cowboys fans and the Giants fans. Like, you just know that's tough. Like, that. yeah, I got to ask you before we go, I want to ask you some personal questions. So you got to, when sure. did you start interviewing people? Like, when did you get into the locker room? I know you had an awkward conversation with Udonis Haslam. I know, but when did you, when did you get really get into the media portion of your life? Like covering the wizards, going to the games, being courtside, being in the locker room. When did all, when uh, did all start for
1: you? It really started like two years ago. Okay. Um, so with These, you know, coming into play, you got to keep knocking on doors. You got to sure. keep sending out emails, making phone calls. Because when it comes to like covering these teams, and it comes to like getting media credentials or whatnot, it's really about getting lucky. Because there's so many media outlets out there. Sure. Like aside from the big boys, the ESPNs, the Fox, the NBC Sports of the world, like they don't just hand them out to you just because of your name or where you're from. You really have to keep budging. So I honestly, I, I was I was emailing actually the guys from the Wizards PR for about two and a half years before i finally got the email back wow. saying that hey yeah so and it came out of nowhere the, the the time before i did it i was about to quit or stop doing it okay and i was like you know what let me throw one more out there and see what i could get sure and then he got back to me and i was like oh my god when i tell you my face lit up it was just like everything it wasn't necessarily about going to see the wizards but just seeing all the away team and whatnot and having like an opportunity to pick and choose what games and where I could go to yeah. and go to the locker rooms, talking to the players is awesome. Can dude. you go to it's practices awesome. too? I've been to a few practices practices. I was there a media day. Okay. Um, the one thing I'll tell you is like, I don't mean to turn you off or anything about that. It's not as glamorous as it looks. No, it's just dudes uh, working
0: out and guys on their laptops yeah, on the side. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> people, people are just chilling and they're not going to give you the great quotes or whatnot. Um, but for me, as a kid growing up, loving it and sure. just being so passionate about it, it was just like an awe because I'm thinking about all the great players I walked into this locker room or things like that. So I always look at it like that. But, man, it's been awesome, dude. But,
0: Becca, let awesome. me ask you a question since I'm so new to this media game and I'm going for Clippers credentials. Like, Lakers is like, pew, looking like a good Dude, player. I got, got one.
1: you. I got you. I know a guy who has some out there.
0: Um. I know a Oh yeah, okay. We'll talk. We'll talk when we're done. When we're done recording, but um, let's say it's a seven o'clock game, right? It's a seven p.m. start. What time do you? What time did the media or you particularly go to the arena?
1: Oh man. So listen, what's the day uh, looking like
0: on a, on a night game?
1: Okay, so on a night game was so the players are practicing before the game about three hours, three and a half hours before tip off. Um, sometimes I'll go there. Uh, me and my co-hosts have actually getting yeah, our best interviews doing that mm. and then we just like plug them onto our show sometimes um because the, the players are a lot more open like the game is a little bit later oh, during their, um, warm, but, during their pro- warm-ups and stuff they're, yeah they're cool, like they're i'm, cool I'm talking, talking about three hours yeah like three hours before the game they're just chilling man on the court they or in don't the really... locker room no 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 on the court because oh, okay. they're just like there voluntarily like they don't need to be there oh, right so on. yeah so sometimes we make that happen um before the game it's a little bit tough You know, um, but really the 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 post game report going in the locker rooms, it's just like you know the the thing about the locker rooms is that there are the media mainly goes to the main guys like it's they go to the main stars like for example in our case like first off John Wall doesn't take any media he doesn't do any of that interview he's just like nobody yeah dude locker room no way dude maybe on on the podium he'll talk. But if you're going to talk to him in the locker room, forget about it. That's the one thing why I want John Wall like, okay, man, I'm, I'm kind like, of like, okay. Not you're even scrum, to, like Abusing so your know. power. Nobody, nobody can talk to John. Wow. John takes his time. Even coming to the podium, he'll be like an hour, an hour and a half late, and he keeps everyone waiting. But like, we'll, 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 leave, we'll let that be. Yeah, we'll let John um, – John,
0: John's going through a lot right now, so we'll let, we'll <laughs> yeah. let John live his best life.
1: Yeah, but you be when you get in the locker room, it. a lot of the lower-level players – um. Are chilling. The Sotomanskis
0: so and the Thomas yeah, Burns in the world.
1: Yeah. So there are opportunities for you to get one-on-one time with them wow. and actually create relationships and bonds with them. Now, some of them are not willing to talk, which I understand, but a lot of them are, you know, and they'll be friendly and cordial with you. Sure. The main thing I'll, I'll tell you, just a piece of advice, just treat them like a normal person. Yeah. Cause right? I try. at first I was like, in awe. You because have to. It's be. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, these are guys. Like, I didn't think like looking at I only looked at them through a TV screen. I thought these guys were like gods. And they're all so, huge in
0: person, right? They're all yeah, tall
1: and big dudes. Huge. And I'm not that tall, man. I'm 5'7. So you can just imagine <laughs> me trying to interview one of those guys. They always have to be sitting down. If they're not sitting down, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, let's do this. And I'm reaching my hand up. But but it's just, it's an awesome experience, especially like when players like those lower level players agree to talk to you because it just makes you like feel better about doing it. So there will be a lot of opportunities to get interviews once you get those credentials,
0: man, that's awesome. So your advice is to get there early, talk to them while they're on the court. How does that work for um, like coaches and stuff? they just do their little, the little pre scrums in the front of the locker room and you, you get that stuff if you can, or is the home and away separate or do they go on at the same time? Like do the locker rooms open at the same time? That's what I'm confused about.
1: Yeah. So the, the locker room is pretty much open at the same time. The coaches, the home coach, uh, is on the is on the podium, the away coach is in the scrum and kind of like the hallway sure. just outside the locker room. Sure. So that's when you get the away coaches. Um, but it's really like – it's kind of like hard to navigate because it's like, you know, I've been in media scrums. You know, it, it's scary. Like I'll tell you, like you got to be ready. Like these people will eat you alive. One time I asked Jeff Green. Um, oh, the
0: players will eat you alive, not, not fellow reporters.
1: No, the reporters will eat you alive because – Listen man, one time I wanted to go have a one-on-one interview with Jeff Green.
0: Yeah.
1: And like nobody was around him. So I'm like, okay, let me let me do this one on one. So I asked him I'm like, yo, he was changing at that time. And I'm like, yo, can I, you know, have an interview with him? He's like, yeah, sure, just let me get changed and ready. I was like, all right, cool. So I'm standing there waiting. Next thing you know, he's done. And he's like, yo, I'm ready. As soon as he says I'm ready, everyone just jumps at me. And I'm like, I'm like caught off guard because as I mentioned, I'm not that tall. So like sure. all these guys are hover- hovering on top of me and I'm supposed to be the one like asking the first question, my co had to keep hitting me. Like ask question, I just got stuck. Yeah. Ask question, ask question, and then I got so nervous to the point where I just said like, oh, how do you feel? And it just like came out so wrong, and everyone started laughing at me. And I'm like, god damn it! It's like he ruined it. So I had to walk off with that. But then I went to the away locker room, and that was when they were playing the Heat, and oh. I actually got to speak. I got to speak with Udonis Haslam, right, who was like my idol growing up. Right, like U D was like the heart and soul. So that kind of like offset that whole situation and scenario because UD was just like cordial and I made him laugh because I made a joke about like I asked him uh what was your favorite time in DC like favorite moment and I made a joke saying uh must have been that time you guys swept him back in 05 and he gave me the biggest ha and that just like lit me up so I mean you just got to be careful in the scrums Try to avoid those as much as possible. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out because I
0: went to um, I, I I went to an MMA scrum. I was doing a Bellator event, and it just this is my first time ever dealing with that stuff. And it just seems like it's just it's a, it's the Wild West. Like you gotta you gotta sneak in, you gotta get your position, and just blurt your question out, and hopefully you get your you get your time with them. The side interviews are a little interesting because I, I heard that's like a whole process, right? You gotta build relationships, or you just ask them, and you hope you get that stuff on the side, right? You it's just, just gotta simple. ask them, really. Yeah
1: yeah it's just like you go ask i mean sometimes they'll have their you know security or like personal security guys that tell them no we don't want to be interviewed or whatnot but (laughs) but mainly man i'm telling you the bench players or whatnot i mean they're just chilling man like they'll just give you a yes or no and you just go from there and most of them tell you yes like i'll be honest
0: that's pretty cool man um my last did you go when the warriors went played the wizards did you go to that game
1: Man, I was full, man. They won't let me in.
0: I was going to say like is I was full. A, when the, when when a big team comes to town, is it
1: just like what we're, I haven't seen you all year? Like what the hell? <laughs> nah, you forget about it unless you ESPN cuz that was a nationally televised game as well. It was on right. TNT. Yeah. So like they they see they save all the like media seats for the big boys. And, like, even up top, like, they got the media section all the way up top. Yeah. Like, you got a bird's-eye view. Sure. Or something like that. I mean, even those seats are taken, man. So, they have media from everywhere when it comes to those. So, my suggestion to you would be go to some – first, they shouldn't be nationally televised. Don't go to nationally televised games. let me game. go to the
0: Hornets it, and the, when the Suns and the Hornets in, are in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that
1: would be, that'd be the time to ask because I've gotten so many no's when it came to that um, in advance. I even wanted to go to the Celtics. Uh, game and they were even booked then so I mean you could take your chance Sometimes I get lucky like I got I got lucky to go to the playoffs last year when the Raptors and Wizards were playing yeah. So we got to go to all those games. So they'll usually let you in for those um, Even though those are nationally televised as well. Yeah, so yeah
0: I know for the Clippers yeah. they have like a section behind one of the backboards where all the media sits and stuff for, for you Do you sit on the court like that or do they send you up to a to a, to the box?
1: It depends man It depends like uh, one of those lower level teams like for example when i went to the wolves game mm-hmm. I, I was sitting close to courtside, man like i was only a couple rows away from courtside. there was like a nice little media box like for three four uh seats there and i got a nice view of the whole court could set up my laptop and my whole like whole setup and set up our mic and go live or whatnot um, sometimes i do like um broadcast from the game i've done that I went on like fm radio and did that stuff so um it's all about like getting lucky, but you won't really know until you get there. That's yeah. the thing about the seats. Like you won't really know until you get there. Sure. But m- when you know it's a lower level team, more than likely you'll be getting those really good seats. So. Well, there you go.
0: I'll make sure, I'll make plans for the Mavericks, the Suns, the Nets, <laughs> the Hornets. There uh, you go. I'll, I'll make plans for that. Once again, my, my guest today was Becker from Plugs Radio. Let's hear him one more time again. Plugs Radio, DM every Monday at 6, right? Let me hear it one more time.
1: Yes, sir. Every Monday at 6 p.m. on 96.7 FM. Uh, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Plugs Radio. And, yeah, our latest show just came up. So you can go to our link in our bio on, on Instagram and, and check it out. We got some, got some good stuff out there. So,
0: yeah. There you go, guys. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez on Hooks and Hoops. Make sure to subscribe here on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen to your uh, audio experiences. And check us out on YouTube and Instagram for the video portions. There will be a lot of uh, hot content coming this week with the NBA taking over. And basically, it's NBA season now because football ended on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Make sure to subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. Rate it five stars. Leave a comment. All that stuff you guys like to do. Until then. Here's the beat, and I'll talk to you all later
1: this week.